Assalamu alaikum. This podcast has been brought to you by Seekers Guidance, the global Islamic seminary. Help us spread the light of prophetic guidance to millions around the world by becoming a monthly supporter. Make a small donation at seekersguidance.org slash donate. As little as $10 a month can help people find life-changing guidance. <coughs> I prefer, inshallah, maybe in the future to be a separate course about about uh, about Toba. Maybe, maybe, yani, if Allah give us life to be, it will be good. I remember once we were speaking about uh, Toba in one of the masajid and took us around 21 hours in total. So inshallah, we just keep touching it, inshallah. We don't have the privilege of hours, inshallah. But it is very important part to speak about it. And just for your knowledge, I these are some of the notes from Sid uh, al-Imam uh, al-Harawi, rahmatullahi uh, speaking about uh, uh, yeah, the very beautiful book. I'm not in favor of the classifications in the bath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just for your... Uh, but I believe it is not easy, this bath, and as you cannot be... A, you, to be salih, to be called from the salihin, you have to do righteous. Salih, salih is a righteous person. To be from the righteous person, you have to keep doing all the righteous things. Uh, so he had these stages that he said, Rahmatullahi alayhi, may Rabbi subhanahu wa ta'ala benefit us with his barakah. Uh, so I will just go straight away to Tawbah. First of all, Tawbah means yani, to repent. But this repentance is not something easy that we can say because Rabbi subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, A'udhu billahi s-samin a'in shaytanir rajim Allah said, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتُبْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ Do you want to repeat this ayah with me? وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتُبْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتُبْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ So I want you to stop writing for one minute, please. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, those who don't repent are oppressors. Those who do not repent are oppressors. This is in Surah Al-Ujurat. Ayah number 11. In this ayah, Rabbi subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing anyone who doesn't make tawbah as zalim. Zalim is something evil, something bad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Allah doesn't love the oppressors. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described shirk as zulm, as oppression. Can you tell me how zulm can be oppression? How can oppression... How uh, oppression can be shirk? Can anyone tell me? Is there any relationship between shirk and oppression? Yes, please. Um, if, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't recognize the Tawheed of Allah, then you're doing Zulm on your soul and not understanding. So I would say that about shirk. <coughs> that is one side, but also another side. It, yes, please. Oppression is to deny someone their rights. So you're denying Allah's rights over you. Yeah, subhanAllah. They say, and Allah has given you khair. 
And then you say this khair that Allah has given you related to someone else. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَا بِكُمْ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ Every blessing that you have is from Allah. And Ibn Atayillah al-Sakandari rahmatullahi alayhi says, do not be like the sheep and goats. Say, how come? Said, because sheep and goats always, when they look the shepherd, they get so excited, happy. Because the shepherd gives them food, the shepherd plays with them. But they don't remember the owner that is paying the shepherd the salary and the one that is providing for these sheep and goats. Understand? Even when you get help from someone, Allah facilitates this person to do for you. So everything should Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be thanked. That's why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his daily dua in the morning he used to say, Allahumma ma ma asbaha bi min ni'matin. Oh Allah, every ni'mah and every blessing that I have this morning, <coughs> either from you directly or through one of your slaves, it is from you, Ya Allah. So I praise you and I thank you for that. So to see no one other than Allah. And may Rabbi be pleased with... Uh, uh, Abu Hassan Shadri used to say, We thank no one other than Allah. We thank no one other than Allah. So, Zulm is the worst thing. And Allah said, Those who, does it, those who don't repent are from Zalimin. Do you know why I'm starting with this ayah? When it comes to Tawbah, there are many things that, many ayat in the Quran that I can start with. But I'm starting with this ayat. At least, when you make Tawbah, you know that you are not from the Dhalimin. <laughs> Just by making Tawbah, you know that you are not from the Dhalimin. Does that make sense? Huh? <coughs> yeah, if Allah said, those who doesn't repent are oppressors then when you make tawbah then you say I'm not from the oppressors <coughs> you are taking your, yourself out from this group of oppressors when we speak about tawbah we are not speaking about something very normal we are speaking about your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But when I speak about Tawbah, what does, what does Tawbah mean? In general, can you help me? What does Tawbah mean? What does this repentance or Tawbah mean? Asking forgiveness for what you've So you need to know the mistake that you have done in order to repent from it. Isn't it? Because if I say, oh Allah, forgive me without me knowing the, the mistake then I am in danger. It becomes abath. Abath means a kind of joke. You have to know. And tell me now. Please just think about it and close your eyes for one second. <coughs> Can you even list the thing that you've done wrong to yourself? Is it something that you can list? The thing that you've done Mistake towards Rabbi subhanahu wa ta'ala? Towards others? Is that something that you can do? Can you bring a paper and 
and keep listing. And you think if you list, will you get to every mistake that you've done? Which means, which means you have to go back to every second of your life. Is that possible? By repenting, you are asking for the impossible. You know, you understand what I mean? You are studying for the impossible because if it is impossible for you to remember all your mistakes, how you'll go through the process of asking forgiveness for it? Because it's not a word that you say, Sakhfurullah al because Allah quotes in the Quran, Tawbah and Nasuha, sincere Tawbah. Sincere Tawbah, you have to know you're that. I will give you three things the way you have to look at your dhunub. Because them means sin. Huh? So let us look through three things in every them that we have to be very sad when when we, when we when we speak up when we remember our mistakes and our faults and our and the sins that we've committed. The first thing is Imam Al Harawi speaks in uh, as you can say like capsules, small small words. They carry a lot of weight. Say the first thing you have to see is, he says, in khila'uka anil asma. So he says, in khila'uka anil asma. The first thing is, when you think about your sin, you have to know, Muhammad, khalas habib. Number one is he said you have to know that you when you when you committed a sin you've been out of the circle of the protection of Allah. Does that make sense? The f- now can you repeat? I will repeat. It says when you think about your sin, <clears throat> the first thing you have to remember is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you are out of the circle of the protection of Allah when you committed the sin. Can I repeat this again? Because no, if Allah was to protect you from this sin, you wouldn't do it. So which means there is something that you have done that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has left you to yourself. So you went, uh, you went ahead and you've, uh, and you've committed sin. Does that make sense? And this is takes you, Naamsi. Yes. Yani, if you were to be protected, you wouldn't commit that sin. لو عصمك الله لما وقعت في المعصية. And Allah will never leave you to yourself unless there is something that was going in you. I will go to this. Slowly, slowly. In a hadith narrated by Imam Bukhari, Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم said, 
and so that you can take this hadith. It is hadith 2432. 2432. Rasulullah sallallahu said, the one who commits zina, he doesn't commit zina while he's in a state of iman. And the thief will never steal while he is mu'min. And the one who drinks khamr will never drink khamr while he is mu'min. It doesn't mean this hadith that all this, any, any thief is not mu'min. Anyone who commits ma'asya uh, is not mu'min. It doesn't mean that. But Rasulullah sallallahu is saying if he was to be in a state of protection, he wouldn't do that and she wouldn't do that. There is something that we have done that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has lifted this protection from us. Does that make sense? Hmm. Naam, see. Hmm? The hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, the one who commits zina will never commit zina while he is or she is in a state of iman. A thief cannot commit his crime while he is in a state of iman. The one who drinks khamr cannot commit, cannot do that while he is in, or she is in a state of iman. Mashi? Mm. Yes, Yes, that part you are not in Iman. So Iman, we're not speaking about Iman in general, but you've been, that, that awareness of Allah at that very moment is not there. That fearfulness of Allah at that moment is not there. That connection with Allah at that moment is not there. So when, when that connection is cut, then you're doing a lot of other things. Huh? And that's why it comes, the issue of ghafla. What does ghafla mean? Ghafla, when you are unaware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even for less than one second, that is all the other problems comes to you. This protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like a dome that covers you. Don't you see, subhanAllah, what protected Yusuf alayhi salam? With that connection with Rabbi subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't mean that Yusuf alayhi salam wasn't like any one of us that he had desires or this. No. But that is the iman of, of Yusuf alayhi salam was above the situation that he was in. That's why even the Sahaba, how they have admired each other. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, when he went to check, when he went to Baytul Maqdis, and then he went to Shab. So all the commanders, they were inviting Umar. Umar, as Khalifa, is visiting this part that he has never been there. These are new lands that were open for the Muslims. Speaking about Jordan, about uh, Dimashq, about uh, Baytul Maqdis, all this part. So Umar was visiting. So everyone was inviting him. The one who didn't invite him was Abu Abayda Amr ibn al-Jarrah. And Abu Ubaidah was the general commander of all. So Umar knows what Abu Ubaidah. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what was the title of Abu Ubaidah? The title that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam given him? Huh? Ameen wa hadihi al-Ummah. Umar gave him the Ahtab. 
will come about Umar. But Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam called him Aminu Hadir Ummah, the trustee of this Ummah. The trustee of this Ummah. Do you know what this means when Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam calls him Amin Hadir Ummah? Because Jibreel is called Amin. Why? And Abu Ubaidah, with his Iman, subhanAllah. And Abu Abayda is the one that when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, may Allah bless her, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the battle of Uhud, when part of his uh, hamlet went in his uh, cheek sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Abayda took it out with his teeth. So all his teeth would fall down. Imagine just for just one small metal and then he was happy to lose all his teeth. For those who think Iman is Ibadat, do you think that was require, the requirement of his Iman, Abu Ubaidah, to lose all his teeth? That is his love for Rasulullah That is his love for Rasulullah that changed everything. So Umar, everyone invited him, except on Abu Ubaidah. So he said, Ya Abu Ubaidah, are you sad with me? Are you angry with me? Or have you heard anything that that I don't deserve to be in your house. That's why you didn't invite me. So Abu Abayda said, I've got nothing to invite you for. I don't have anything. So I said, then I'm coming to you. Umar said, I'm inviting myself. So Umar came to him. And subhanallah, the house of Abu Abayda was a small tent. He had only, what do you call, you know, the uh, what you put on the horse? Saddle. Saddle. That's his saddle. When he sleeps, yani it is his uh, pillow. pillow. And when he wakes up, he puts it on the horse. So Omar came to visit him. He said, Assalamu alaikum, Amir al-Mu'mineen. Have a seat. He said, I don't have anything, I told you. I have something, if you want to eat here, if you want to eat with me. Then he had a very dry bread that he brought with him from Medina. He put some salt in it. And he was putting it in water and eating it. And Umar would just keep crying. Umar would just keep crying. He said, Ya Abu look how far we are from the time of Rasulullah and how close you are. This is Umar crying at that time with his iman, subhanAllah. Allahu alam, if they see as what they will say. When I speak about Omar, Omar is someone that we didn't eat meat for two years. And it was and people they used to hide when they when they eat meat in the time of Omar. Because there was the drought. So Omar said everyone should be like the poor ones. So one of the Sahaba Maskin he had he had the meat and when he saw Omar he was hiding the meat. As if he's having, having something, yani. So I said, Ma wara'ak. Omar said, What are you hiding? He said, it is meat, yeah, you're a mu'min. I said, I said and what, why are you eating meat? He said, shayun ishtahat hu nafsi, it is something that I've desired, yeah, you're a mu'min. He said, aw kullama ishtahat nafsaka shay'an, akalta, if, 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 whenever your nafs desires something, you go and you eat it. La ilaha illallah. This is Umar. And Umar is crying from Abu Ubaidah. What, yani, this is... It's very difficult even to comprehend, subhanAllah. So the protection of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, it saves people. So 
Al-Harawi says, the beginning is, when you think about your sin, you should feel bad that when you committed this sin, you are not under the protection of Allah. Because those who love you, they protect you, isn't it? Then when Allah leaves you to yourself, what did I do? Allah to leave me to myself. So, don't think about the, the sin itself. Okay. Do you understand what, 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 what Imam Harawi is telling you? Don't think about the sin itself. Think about how come I did this. If I was to be in a state of Iman, would I do that? If my Iman was if of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if my relationship with Allah was strong, will I do that? This is one way of looking at yourself. The second way he says to you of the way of looking at your sin is he said, When you find your sin, to be happy and excited. Can you stop writing for one second, please? <laughs> He's telling you to be happy and excited when you know the sin that you've committed. How can he be happy? That knowing your sin will make you happy? Yes, you should be very happy. Which means Allah is showing you what you've done so that you can repent from it. Because when you know the mistake that you've done, then subhanallah, you can, you can go and look for the cure. Which means you know yourself. You know your weakness in which side it is. So you work hard in that direction. So when, when you think about your sin, the first thing is to regret and to feel sad that Allah's protection wasn't there when you committed. The second is to be so happy and so excited when you know it. Which means, what does this mean? Al-Harawi didn't say all this. Al-Harawi is just giving you one like small one line. But also when you know it, if you are happy and excited, you'll be grateful to Allah and Allah will show you the other sins as well. Because Allah promised you in the Quran, Allah said, وَلَئِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ If you are grateful to me, I will increase you. So if you put your effort to know in one, one sin, then you have to know that Allah will go, guide you to, to know the other thing. You understand? Do you know how we should treat our sins? The way you should treat it is, you know when, you, when there is something wrong with you. You have continuously have got you've got headache. What do you do? Huh? Take medicine. If the medicine didn't work, you go and you investigate it, isn't it? Huh? You go all, you go through all these tests until you know the root cause of this problem, isn't it? Is there any doctor, Allah unless it should be a butcher anyway. Otherwise, there is no doctor that will go through operation unless they know what they, what, what they are operating you for. So this is how we should treat our sins. Everyone wanted to be waliya. And he said, Bismillah, we will be, inshallah, may Allah make us awliya. But yani, we have to think about this this way. So you have to put every effort that you can in order to know the sins that you've committed. I don't want to depress you. You don't have to be depressed. But subhanAllah, it is very much important we know 
our direction as well. Okay? So you have to be very happy and so excited when you know it. Do you know why? Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith narrated by Ibn Hibban. Hadith narrated by Ibn Hibban. The hadith number is 5,489. 5,489. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, huh? I want you to repeat the hadith with me for the barakah. Allah. وَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ تَسُوءُهُ سَيِّئَتُهُ وَتَسُرُّهُ حَسَنَتُهُ فَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ Rasulullah sallallahu said Indeed, anyone of you that is sad for his or her sins and they are happy Yes 5489 any, any one of you who is happy for the good thing for any one of you that if his sin was to make him upset and if his good deeds was to make him happy indeed that person is mu'min so to be happy for the good deeds you do is good and to be sad when you commit a sin is iman but this doesn't go with what I'm saying. What I said is to be happy when you know your sin. Because that is good by itself. Huh? That is good by itself. How many people, subhanAllah, they carry many illnesses and they don't know about them. For years. And it grows, it grows, it grows. Isn't it? So to know your sin is a big na'mah. Mashi? Now I'm serious. That's because it's a sign of the man itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, something that you've been searching, you're not relaxed. You do a sin and you go sleep. How come you do that? How come? People, they get depressed. Yani, remember, subhanAllah, Al-Fudayl ibn Iyad, rahmatullah, after his imam in deen, he go to the highest level, and then he's in Arafat, and he says, how can I how can make dua? How I can make dua? Say, make dua. Say, I'm shy. I know myself. You know the sin that you've committed years ago. Say, how can even I make dua? How can I ask him? La ilaha illallah. Man arafa rabbahu khafahu wa taqah. Those who know Allah, they will be very much conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they will be very fearful from upsetting him. Now I'm Ibrahim. Um, sorry. That hadith says, if your good deeds make you happy, how can you save yourself from like shirk? If your good deeds make you happy, then don't you start becoming arrogant? Arrogance is when you think that I have done this. But you are happy when you say, Allah use me in khair. You know, subhanAllah, to make sujud of shukur when you pray salah in jama'ah is a big na'mah. That's why he said, Ali Zain Abdin is a sinjat. He used to make sujood for everything. Everything, subhanAllah. They tell him good news, he makes sujood. He prays, he used to make sujood for sujood. <laughs> subhanAllah. These are the salihin. They have got nothing. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
Wasbir nafsaka ma'alladhina yad'una rabbahum bilghadati wal'ashi. Allah said, keep patient. When you are in the company of those who remember Allah in the morning and the evening. Why Allah is telling me to, be, to have sabr when I am with the dhakirin? Because the dhakirin, they have nothing other than dhikr. From dhikr, they go to another dhikr, they go to another dhikr. And people, they get bored, they get tired, they want to do different things. This is what happened with our father Adam alayhi salam. He was in big ni'mah. And yet he wanted something different. <laughs> and this is the biggest musimah with us as humans. That difference is what it takes us subhanallah to, bigger, to, to a bigger musibah. To be committed and to be patient and to say whatever it is. I don't want anything other than this khair. That is something big. Abu Bakr عنه, is go to that maqam because subhanallah once he became mu'min his life became difficult, different his money was gone freeing Bilal freeing this freeing this freeing this and he was يعني, a man a very rich man well respected man but he didn't want to change his life even subhanallah he was so happy that he was with Rasulullah finish he didn't want anything even in one of the narrations, يعني, regardless, even so, there is, there, is, there is an issue with the chain. But Rasulullah sallallahu was asking his sahaba, what makes you happy, what makes you happy, what makes you happy. So when it comes to Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr said, to look at you, Ya Rasulullah, and to listen to you, Ya Rasulullah, and to be in your company, Ya Rasulullah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa used to make a dua in his dua, very special dua it is in Lanit by Bukhari and Muslim. Inshallah you can read the dua yourself, inshallah it is in, in Sahih Bukhari, it is in hadith number uh, 6035. And in Muslim is in hadith 2719. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa used to say, Oh Allah forgive. Rasulullah said, forgive all my sins and my ignorance. And my transgression. When I, when, when I transgress, when I cross the, uh, the borders. Rasulullah doesn't do all this. But he's teaching me the dua. He's teaching me the dua. How to approach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He used to say, Allahumma li khati'ati wa jahli. Oh Allah, forgive the sins that I've committed in my ignorance. And when I do everything, Ya Rabbi, I go beyond the limit. And what you know about me and from what I do, more than me. Allahumma li jiddi wa hazli. Oh Allah, forgive me. When I am serious and when I am not serious, when I joke, when I do things, subhanallah. وَخَطَئِي وَعَمْدِي And the things that I do in purpose or يعني, by mistake. 
And all this, Ya Rabbi, is in me. Allahumma aghfir li ma qaddamtu wa ma akhartu. Allah, forgive me everything that I have done in the past, in whatever I'm doing, in whatever I'm going to do in the, in the future. Wa ma asrartu wa ma a'lant, in what I've done secretly, in what I've done openly. Wa ma anta a'lamu bihi minni. In more than the secrets and the open, the things that you know more than I do. Do you know what that means? Even more than the secrets, there might be secrets that Allah knows that I don't know. Allahumma sallallahu alayhi wa أنت المقدم وأنت المؤخر وأنت على كل شيء قدير. So Subhanallah, the second stage is from the second way of looking at your dhamb is to be happy when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala shows you yourself. Number three is to determine not to repeat it. First of all, يعني you've looked at it. From, from which angle? That Allah didn't protect me when I've done the sin. The second is, you are happy that you knew it. The third is, to be determined not to repeat it. And this only can happen, this determination can only happen by making sure, always you have to have the certain that Allah is watching me. Allah is watching me. Allah is watching me. Why I don't do this? Because Allah is watching me. Why I do this? Because Allah is watching me. Why I, why, why I didn't? Because Allah is watching me. To have this consciousness. And try your very best to multiply your good deeds as much as you can. Because Rabbi subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Hud, ayah number 114, Verily, indeed, the good deeds erases the bad deeds. Huh? And subhanahu in a hadith, a young man came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Ya Rasulullah, look, look at the ma'rifah. What? When you know you're them, it helps you. Said, Ya Rasulullah, halaktu wa ahlakt. Said, Ya Rasulullah, I've destroyed myself. And I've destroyed others. What did you do? Not Rasulullah didn't even tell him. Rasulullah even didn't ask him what did you what did you do? Look at the adab and how we should approach people. You don't go to someone and say when someone tells you I've committed sin. What did you do? Don't ask. Don't ask because it is not up to you to ask. This is. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the master of creation teaching you. He said, Ya Rasulullah, halaktu ahlak. I've destroyed myself and I've destroyed others. What did you do? No. The man said, Ya Rasulullah. This is coming to me for us. He said, I was in a shop. And then subhanallah, a woman came. And I was looking at this woman and they saw him speaking about even my, for all of us, it is something that it is minor. But when it comes to your relationship with Allah, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the munafiqeen, the munafiqeen, they see the small mistakes of others like a mountain. You see? And their dhunub, that is, it weighs more than the mountain, they see it as nothing. Do you know what this means? 
A munafiq looked at himself he's good and everyone is bad. And a mu'min looked at himself bad and everyone is good. This is mu'min. This is mu'min. That's why our master sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said لَنْ يَدْخُلُ الْأَحَدُكُمُ الْجَنَّةَ بِعَمَلِهِ No one enters Jannah because of his or her deeds. So even you, Ya Rasulullah, I said even me. إِلَّا أَنْ يَتَغَمَّدَنِ اللَّهُ بِرَحْمَتِهِ So this man said, Ya Rasulullah, I've committed sin. What can I do? So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't answer him. He left him. He said, make wudu. He made wudu. Pray to Raka'ah. He prayed to Raka'ah. Then he prayed Asr with them. And this Sahabi, he cannot rest. A young Sahabi, he cannot rest. Said, Ya Rasulullah, halaktu ahlak after salah. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is coming him down. And then he said, Have you prayed with us, Jama'ah? He said, Yes. He said, Then Allah said, Inna al-hasanat yudhibna al-sayyat. Verily the good deeds erase the bad deeds. What is the benefit of this man? Because this man, when he had his denouf, he didn't relax. He came running to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And not only praying with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and seeing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam change things. Being in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam change things. Then, it is very much important that <coughs> can you summarize with me the three things that we said about, about the sin. The first one, huh? to know your, uh, number, number, the first one, That to know that you are out of the, of the protection of Allah. When you are committing a sin, you are not under the protection of Allah. Yani Allah left you to yourself. It's number one. The second we said? Be happy and excited. To be happy and excited. Number three? So this is one of many things to learn, inshallah, about sin. Allah willing, inshallah. Next week we'll speak about the shara'it. Yeah, you can't just write the conditions of uh, Tawbah. And uh, then we speak about the haqqaiq of Tawbah, about the realities of Tawbah. And then we speak about the sara'ir of Tawbah. And this is the side topic, Allah willing, inshallah. If Allah give us a long life, we'll finish it next week. If not, then Alhamdulillah, Ibrahim. It is your question, Ibrahim. It's not my fault. If you have to blame, blame this man. Naam Sayyid. You know, that at the beginning, you said, um, you said when you think about the sin. Hmm. So is that about a specific sin or a specific time that you did the sin? So if you were if you were lying a lot, hmm. do you have to think about the sinners and think about the lying, or think yesterday at twelve o'clock I said this to someone and that was a lie? Which one is it? Both the ways are even which uh, the first one is worse than another, because when you think about the specific sin. You might think about the consequences that you've done to others. So you've given a wrong information. This person is thinking something else. Huh? You know, sometimes, subhanallah. <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, speaking about the munafiqeen. He said, يعني يخادعون الله والذين Allah said, they deceive Allah and they deceive those who believe. So when you lie, when someone is lying, for example, it's deceiving. This by itself is the biggest musibah. 
But subhanallah, just think about each and every second. And even think about collectively. At the end, what you're thinking about is that Allah didn't protect me or not. If it is once, okay. But the more you think about it, and for how long you've been left yourself to do all the things. If you think about it in details, it is bad enough. And you think about it collectively, it is even worse. Thank you for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Seekers Guidance, the global Islamic seminary. Visit seekersguidance.org to access reliable Islamic knowledge taught by qualified teachers. We offer a wide range of courses, podcasts, articles, and a world-class answer service. Support us in spreading free, reliable Islamic knowledge to millions around the world by becoming a monthly supporter. Visit seekersguidance.org slash donate and make a small monthly commitment today.